United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project. Okay. <laughs> Remember, um, my favorite Cora is um, is when we did the entire episode about the Wendigos, and someone was like, "That was a really cool effect that you put, putting one breathing in the background." And we're like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And it was just Cora, dude. I like, I don't know if you've seen me do it, but I'll put myself on mute, and then I'll have to turn around and go like, "Cora, hey, wake up!" Yeah. Because like she'll be so she snores in just homeostasis but when she's asleep it's even worse it's so fucking it's like it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy it's i have to like wake her up but right as soon as i goblin under your bed she is right as soon as i put her down she let out like her exacerbated like (sighs) like that's the noise that really gets me um is when she's irritated and she just lets it all out. Um, very dramatic. Oh, but bless her. I love her so much. Um, I was going to actually say, hey, what's up? My name is Noelle and we've truly experienced a tragedy today. And for that, I would like to start off with this. So why was you in my boyfriend's bed wearing his t-shirt and his boxers and et cetera? Because we had sex, you dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pour one out for a real one. Actually, I'm going to take to to Jerry. Let me do a little sip. Cheers to Jerry Springer, who um, passed on into a better plane today. Um, He died of cancer, apparently a diagnosis that took a turn. He was... um, what 87 no yeah he was he was up there um former mayor of cincinnati um okay did not know that yeah literally what um he was 79 um that's a good age for a guy it's like fairly fairly good age but honestly too soon for the king um the messiest man to ever exist. Truly, I looked forward to taking sick days from school because it means I got to sit and watch Jerry Springer. Yeah, for those of us whose parents did not give them cable growing up, that was our salacious content that gave us like a finger yeah. on the pulse of the real world. Mm-hmm. And for that, I am grateful. Yeah. Um, to this day, one of the best clips ever is of another RIP Peter Steele of typo negative goes on Jerry Springer and Jerry's like, how are you doing today, Peter? And he's like, in the most Peter Steele voice ever, he's like, less miserable. And I was like, this is the greatest interview of all time. (laughs) (laughs) So um, RIP Jerry Springer. um, It bummer fucking day. Um, bummer for messy communities all around um i miss back in the day when we would just let people fight on reality 
reality TV was letting people fight, including yeah. members of the audience. Um, there was nothing cooler than an audience member standing up on the Jerry Springer set talking shit to a person on the stage and an actual fist fight ensuing. Um, and it's not like that pussy shit we see nowadays where like it, they start yelling at each other, they start walking at each other and then security comes in and breaks it up. There was full blown fist fights. And that's the way TV should be in mm-hmm. my humble opinion. Dude. And then his bodyguard, uh, Steve, Steve. fucking, he got his own show too. He did. Man. I love Steve, man. I hope he's doing okay. And I know Jerry Springer had a daughter, and he was, like, her biggest fan. I think she was on Dancing with the Stars, or he was on Dancing with the Stars, but, like, uh-oh, I just Googled Steve, and this looks like a mug shot. No! Damn it, Steve, charged with drunk driving. <gasps> no! Yep. In 2018. Wow, that was recent. Honestly, we'll just say that it was, like, he just hung out with the people on the show too often that rubbed off on him. He was involved in a one car crash. So at least he only took himself out. <sighs> you know what? If we're looking for a silver lining, at least it's that. Yeah. Uh, but he was found by a cop. Oh, so took him to the hospital. That so, will do it. That will do it. Oh boy. Um, uh, speaking of mug shots, there's um, a lawyer on TikTok who's like the real life Saul Goodman. Like he clearly dyes his hair and is probably 110 years old, but he's iced the fuck out. A ring on every single finger, diamonds bigger than my head, and everyone's like, "If that's my, if my lawyer walks in that iced out, I know I'm winning." And I agree. And he says, "Tip for everyone: Do not smile in your mugshot." And he brings this up because there's a resurgence of mugshot shouties. Do you know about this? Mugshot shouties? No. And I'm saying it because it's spelled with an A-W. Mugshot shouties is an account where pretty big on Twitter. Surprised you haven't seen it because I'm pretty sure it's on Reddit as well. But it's like hot girls, hottie girls, mugshots, and everyone in the comments being like, I can fix her. Um, So he's like, even though it seems alluring to be put on mugshot shouties, do not smile in your mugshot because it can be used as evidence against you to show that you were not sympathetic to the crime and it can be showed to the jury and most jurors. He gave some big percent. Most jurors, when they see someone smiling in a mugshot, they immediately um, vote against them. So, whoops. Yeah. There you go. There's my hot tip of the day. Who are you? Uh, and I'm Chelsea. Uh, I didn't prepare in advance for this, so as usual, I am left open mouth like a frog. Okay, so. that works. Maybe more like a snapping turtle. I think they leave their mouths open and wait for things to come inside. I love that. Actually, that is also so. what he said. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of things completely unrelated, we alluded to. Getting into a little bit of like folklore-ish uh, culture and roots with Appalachian folklore, which we're going to dive into later. But Chelsea is leaving for Italy on Saturday. And so uh, she gave us a little slice of uh, rigatoni pie, if you will. Yeah. So uh, very, very, very excited. Um, I will. I was going to pull up a mugshot of someone that we both know, but let's go into this. <laughs> we put it in chat real quick. 
Oh my God. What are you, you were just going to leave that? Well, I'll leave it for you specifically, (laughs) but if you can find it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, (laughs) uh, I want that, that Justin Bieber. I like the way you laugh. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we're going to Italy, my guys. Um, so witchcraft has a long history in Italy dating back to the ancient Roman period. It was during the medieval era that witchcraft was seen as an exceptional threat to Christian society because people believed that it went hand in hand with devil worship. I feel Uh, like you would be one of those people up until recently, dare I say. I hope I wouldn't be, but, you know, probably. I think you were. I think you were. You were were hesitant to um witchcraft and the occult because you felt like it was devil worship it, it was uh it was ter- when we got our tarot read and i was like i have to tell you i'm feeling christian guilt right now i was terrified uh but she did a great job in uh appeasing my fears i feel like i'm a little bit better at not being terrified but yet i still am that's what like i that say kind of stuff um but you know what uh, you might be right because as as you and I have discussed at length in private, uh, I'm on my Bridgerton kick. Mm-hmm. And I, with my whole heart and soul, told Oliver I would have thrived in that society of doing nothing yeah, but getting married and yeah. just popping out babies. I would have been the fucking queen of it. These people going and they're picking out different fabrics. Mm-hmm. I would have had a doctorate in picking out fabrics and just being a tool of the patriarchy. Yeah, it's an unfortunate truth, and I'm it just is. glad that you have come around to accepting that reality. Um, I'm like uh, I'm like a hermit crab, but my shell is a tin can. I have adapted to the bullshit around me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. ooh, if I get into that open ocean of time mm-hmm. travel, back to Bridgerton. <laughs> of, anyway, wi- of women's totally oppression. Up. Yeah, of women's <laughs> oppression, man. I would have fucking thrived because I want to do nothing and make decisions never. Um, which yeah. is a terrible yeah. thing to say, but I, I appreciate you keeping me grounded on my nonsense. Um, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I feel you. I get wrapped in those. We've talked about it on here before. I'll get wrapped in those mind loops where I'm like, maybe, like, Sometimes paying your bills gets so hard and having a job and being a leader in the workplace becomes so hard that you are like, ooh, maybe I could just be property to a man. Yeah, right. Maybe I could just not do that again. (laughs) If Oliver and I ever go our separate ways, God forbid, I'm getting on fucking Christian Mingle or I'm getting on like farmerwantsawife.com and I'm like, <laughs> impregnate me. I am nothing. <laughs> I will just farmerwantsawife. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hell, you you tell yeah. me I'm not allowed to talk to those women folk at the grocery store and I'll be like, okay. Like, you tell me I don't have to work anymore. I'd have no autonomy. If that's the bill, yeah. I gotta pay. Yeah. But the bill is to myself. So it just... You know, it's the real trickle-down economics, actually. Yeah, it's true Mm trickle-down. I will say, as someone who was back in the dating scene recently, bum, 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 um, it's not good out there, kids. And you should just change your dating age to 55 to 80 and put in that profile specifically, I am looking to be taken care of. And in turn, I will take care of you. Wink. 
and that's it. Yeah, I have a fertile uterus and mm-hmm. nothing but time. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to have a mind of my own. I can no. record the podcast in a basement where you don't hear me while you're at work and only after uh, the house has been properly cleaned and dinner is prepared. You just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Let's get, let's get yeah. to that point. Let's get yeah. to that yeah. point. <laughs> Have you gone to the grocery store lately? <laughs> I can't afford this. <laughs> oh my God. You, you know, you are so right. And it hurts so bad because like there's times where I'm like, I need deodorant. And I'm like, why is it $6? It- yes, literally. I'm like, literally. I got the secret powder fresh. That is the bottom shelf. That's like on par with like, Boots Farm alcohol from Costco, or Boone's Farm alcohol from Costco. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. I took your bottle. Yeah. It's Trust rough. me. So. Trust me, girl. So anyway, yeah, speaking, anyway. Of an era, <laughs> yeah. speaking of an era in which we would have um, thrived. Uh, yes. Uh, there were numerous witch hunts and trials which took place in Italy during this time, with some of the most brutal of hunts happening in the Lombardy and Tuscany regions. In fact, they were so, uh, so severe was the fear of witchcraft um, and the trial so relentless that hundreds of women were executed under suspicion of witchcraft. You know, <clears throat> I'd like to know if it was um, like a ancient version of McCarthyism where it was like, not necessarily that the girlies were doing silly fun times and maybe like getting their tits out and dancing under a full moon or if it was more of like a i don't like sarah so yeah i'm like, gonna go ahead and say um, that she's a witch we're gonna get into it because witchcraft in italy is so different than like witchcraft that we perceived in our own american history of the salem witchcraft trials um well good i'm excited very well yeah so um Actually, uh, speaking of the Salem Witchcraft trials. Speaking of exactly uh, what we were talking about. Unlike Puritan culture in the United States, Italy has what I would describe as pockets of witches in different regions. um, And they aren't necessarily hiding in the shadows, so to speak. So we are going to start with the Benandanti and their unique history. This is interesting because, like, I've heard of the Benandandi as, like, a closed practice religion. So really? To hear it, yeah. So to hear it come up as a pocket of witches, which is a cool band name, um, is uh, interesting. So I'm excited to hear this, this uh, point of view. Yeah. So uh, I would, that's really fascinating that you, I mean, I know. There's pockets of it that still kind of exist, but uh, interesting. I did not know. Uh, fascinating. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I'm just impressed. Okay. When we, we talked, we just went on this long rant about preparation and the shit we know. And we're like, come and get me. And here you demonstrate it still. So kudos to you. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's more of like, um, much like how we had the thought of, I wish that there was a way that we could appreciate our culture um, and not have it be based in racism and slavery and horrendousness. Yeah. And I think a lot of people um, like Italian Americans, for example, are going back to try to learn more about um, 
cultural practices mm-hmm. um, and maybe what we would just consider superstitious practices. Yeah. And then Ben and Dondi, Dondi, um, they I put that the pronunciation in the document. Ben a Ben a Dante. There you go. Um, they pop up, but the rituals that they partake in, um, the cleansings that they do, mm-hmm. the kind of honestly rituals or spell casting, whatever you want to call it, um, whatever makes you feel more comfortable. Um, get brought up but it it gets brought up in the context of like this is a closed practiced religion yeah i can see that um um, it's interesting but yeah please tell me more so the benandanti means good walkers or good doers they were members of a folk tradition in the fruili region in northeastern italy and they believed that they had been called to fight against malevolent witches in spirit during their dreams and considering we literally just did an episode about Incubi and Succubi, this is a pretty cool synchronicity to stumble upon. So uh, if you are listening and you are going through this, maybe dabble in a little bit of what the beliefs that these people have brought to light, especially since there is a renaissance of like folk magic coming out, especially in Italy. Um, so the Ben and Dante emerged in the 16th century and were active until the 17th century. They were mostly peasants and laborers, and their battles with witches took place in the fields. They protected the crops and livestock from malevolent forces of witchcraft. They claimed to have spirit bodies that could leave their physical bodies while they slept, and they engaged in, with, uh, in battle with witches in this spirit form. They held their meetings on Thursday nights, another synchronicity, because guess which days we record on? Thursday uh, nights, girl. Hey! And uh, which they referred to as the Garzare or Embrace. During these gatherings, they would come together in small groups, meeting in various locations, such as the branches of certain trees that's so fucking cool and also so fucking scary, um, or abandoned <laughs> buildings. Imagine just like a, you scuttle upon the forest and you just look up and there's all these people, like fucking fighting witches dreams. Yeah, just perched at you like a little gargoyle mm-hmm. it would be terrifying and cool um it's like it reminds me of hereditary where all the naked cultists come and they're just surrounding the house how yeah. ominous and creepy would that be yeah um but anyway uh they um they had a lot of ritualistic activities they would dance and sing together um a lot of drumming they would recite prayers and invocations and they sought divine aid in their fight against witches so in addition to these ritualistic activities the benandanti also believed that they had um like this inherent blessing by god in order to participate in these battles And they referred to this ability as going out in spirit, which was the central part of their beliefs and practices. And they also had very special meetings, which they did four times a year, only on ember days, where they allegedly allegedly rode on bunnies, which is adorable, cats, (laughs) and other animals to reach these special meeting places. Um, So unlike witches, the Benandati did not display any satanic traits, such as like the bastardizing of faith, cursing the the sacrament or the cross, or homage to the devil. Um, But they did have some things that we do find very similar when we think about witches in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. So they would use fennel branches to fight against sorcerers, 
who were armed with broom-like reeds, which gives us some of the earliest um, depictions of using wands and broomsticks. So if defeated in these fights, they believed that the region that they were protecting would experience scarcity and even famine with their crops. So historians have found that the Ben and Dante believed that they were initiated into an order literally by an angel from heaven. And this happened when they were between 20 and 28 years old, and they were organized in a military fashion under a captain, and all members were bound to secrecy. But at their meetings, as many as 5,000 of them would be present, and some members were either local to the region or they would travel from distant provinces. So despite all this, like on paper, uh, they were not considered to be witches within their respective regions. In fact, they were actually seen as defenders of the community, fighting evil forces that threatened the well-being of their neighbors. So, Noel, I have to ask you then. We're doing mm -hmm. an episode about Italian witchcraft. Why would we open it up with people who were not considered to be witches? Because they thought they were fighting the witches. They were the anti-witch. Well, sadly... You are or what? Not quite are they correct. now? Are they now considered witches? Are they do they look back on them historically and call them witches? Um, or is it only, because they're the witches of Christ? <laughs> you know, they were only depicted as satanic witch loving worshippers because the motherfucking church came in. Oh, typical, typical, typical. So uh -huh. the church came in and said that they're witches now. Yep. Oh exactly my what god, happened. why, why, how, I should have guessed, you know what, mm -hmm. I should have guessed. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised you didn't, because I literally wrote, you guessed it. <laughs> That's like, sealed in because, blood like, within our Google Doc. The, the thing about it is that, like, they refer to themselves as, like, the defenders of Christ, the defenders of yeah. good, divinely inspired, the anti-witch. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, like, I'm not surprised that the church comes in and bastardizes things, um, but it's just, like, it's, like, that you wish that they had, like, a PR team, right? To be, like, yeah. these are your allies. Like, these are your allies. This is how you can get, mm -hmm. like you can intertwine because like the church did things like the bastardization of Easter, right. By taking yeah. pagan rituals of the spring equinox and trying to make it Christian, hence Easter. And, uh, and, you know, obviously same thing goes for Christmas and Halloween, whatever. Yeah. And so it's like, they knew they would like do certain things to try to get people to come over and convert by giving it sprinkles of folk, tradition essentially yeah. and so it's interesting that this was the easiest version of that because they already had the basis of essentially what is christianity um and they could have just made an ally rather than an enemy they could have slapped the title of exorcist on it and these they would have been fine i mean that's exactly what it is but i mean you want to know the tea you want to know the fucking tea though why that wouldn't work because what are the ben and Dottie? like mostly a made up of what type of people uh peasants and peasants and ostracized and women there it is women women yep. that i don't even think in modern days they really like to have like 
female priest, let alone a female exorcist. No fucking way. And that's Never. what the, they, they basically are. So it oh, makes we sense. will see it again and again. That makes sense. Um, so yes, Noel, you are right. It was the church. <laughs> um, the powers that be within the religious hierarchy, of course, viewed the Ben and Dottie as heretics, and the famous Inquisition investigated them as such. On March 21st, 1575, the Vicario Generale and the Inquisitor of the Provinces of Aquilia and Concordia were first notified about the Benandotti. A trial was held in which four of them were accused of practicing witchcraft. That's actually not a very good number, four out of like 5,000, but I guess. Yeah. Um, they were really revered in the area, though, so it wasn't surprising they couldn't get their hands on that many. Um, so, although the accused and their respective communities claimed that these people were actually on the side of God in an mm -hmm. unending battle against witchcraft, um, the Inquisition was not pleased. <sighs> um, the Benandanti <laughs> proudly denied any insinuations by the acquisition that they were promised um, delicious courses, women, or other salacious entertainments by their angel. The Basically trying to be like... It was a devil surprise. It was a demon. Literally, yeah. That's exactly what they're trying to do. They're like, you weren't seeing an angel. You were seeing a demon. And they were like, no, we weren't because we never did anything that would have violated church rules or law. And, yeah. uh, um, but the Inquisition, following its stereotyped model of the Sabbath, interrogated the Benandati about such things. And they stayed steadfast in their denial. Um, although the church did ultimately release them, which is so surprising to me. That was actually one of the most surprising things I read in this entire uh, expedition into this, yeah. Uh, yeah. this subject matter. Um, they did definitely um, suppress the practices of the Ben and Dottie and paid, um, painted them in an unfavorable eye within the church. I think the fact that they weren't executed um speaks to how powerful and not like by a uh, mystical sense i mean uh within the community culturally they were very powerful yeah how culturally powerful and how community community oriented and respected they were yeah that even the church who was putting them on trial was like if we if we execute them we will see riots. We will not yeah. be able to take full, full ownership of this um, land. Kind of. Yeah. The, the, the four were let go, but, but. Uh, less powerful <laughs> members of the Benandati were uh, charged as heretics and they were imprisoned, tortured, or burned at the stake. Well, I mean, uh, that makes sense though. Like yeah. on a political play, you're yeah. going to keep your highest ranking. Yeah. And then the rank and file can go well, because they, they still have to show their dick. It's the church. Oh, and also like, what, how do you cripple a community? You remove the movers and shakers and mm -hmm. you put them in prison or you torture them or at the very worst, you know, you kill them. And then what happens? It eventually disappears. The Ben yeah, and Dossi lasted about a century. They are, you know, kind of like getting a reemergence as like folk magic takes hold back in all over the world, really. But um yeah, the yeah, church did them dirty. Oh no, but it make it makes sense. It's like such a power play by the church to like yeah. keep the highest, most respected members to be like, look at we, you know, like we understand, but it's more of like a political move because you keep the highest ranking people to prevent like riots and fights mm -hmm. and revolt but 
you still get rid of the bottom rank to show that you are still the church, you are still the most powerful, and you should be feared. A hundred percent. Case in point, look at what just happened with like the ten- in Tennessee politics where they removed the, what was it, like the political representatives from office. There was a massive outcry. They reinstated them. These were people of color, but they're still doing all the bullshit at the bottom of the barrel of society, so to speak, where they're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, we're not going to remove you for speaking out against like violence against people of color, but we're not going to make any policy changes. Yeah, it was Justin and Justin um, from the Tennessee House, yeah. and they spoke out um, against gun violence and stood with the protesters who had come in to speak on it, um, them as well as a white woman, the three out of the three only the white woman was kept in the house. The other two were um, voted out and the outcry was so loud. And the, what happened was so salacious because there was literally a sitting representative who was charged with sexual assault. There was a sitting representative who had been charged with like crimes against a minor. um, And yet they um, voted almost unanimously to remove those two men. Um, And the outcry was so loud that they brought them back, but it's all like for show because they are, they brought them back because they were forced to by the people, by the voters in whom they are supposed to represent, but Mm -hmm. they are basically crippling them through policy and procedure to get nothing done. Um, And that's like what this is is like an ancient version of that as well like we will allow you to think that you are represented by keeping them there but we will choke out any possibility into allowing it to continue oh at the end of the day we're still gunning down babies in schools Mm -hmm, a thousand percent but i hope you feel better that your representatives were reinstated yeah 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 exactly what happened here um and i think uh the fact that we don't give a shit about like sexual misconduct of men in power is goes hand in hand with any organization. Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't matter. They don't care. Um, and that's the end of the Ben and Dante. They got run out of town. So next we're going to talk about the Genera or Genara. Let's say Genara sounds more fun. Yeah. Um, This is another of the many species of witches belonging to the tradition of the rural and peasant world, widespread in southern Italy, and in particular, the Benevento era. Area. I am struggling. My mouth is so dry. Great job. (laughs) I drank the last of my wine for Jerry Springer, and now I just have Mm. water, but sometimes water makes, like, with the meal in it, makes my mouth feel more dry. Anyway, don't say that. Don't say that to the haters. I <laughs> know, oh, I know, I won't. Oh my god, no, water is water is delicious. I'll also drink my Baja Blast from Taco Bell. There you go. That'll do it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> delicious. Um, <Heal. laughs> uh, so the Janara is a name, or is a take on the name of Dianara, or the priestess of Diana, or oh. the Roman goddess of the moon. Another we also know her as Artemis. Yeah. Um. 
So these types of witches aren't held in nearly as high a favor as the Benendati because they definitely have a more devilish reputation. Ooh, devilish. Um, They were seen as a lonely and solitary woman who in everyday life would be extremely aggressive if caught. Um, It is believed that they would go out at night, sneak into horse stables, and steal mares to ride in the moonlight. She would braid the horse's hair. Um, which would leave kind of like her calling card and a sign of her presence. And this is actually something I've heard of before when I get into the folk uh, magic area of TikTok, because as cute as it sounds, finding a braid in your horse's hair could be a sign of impending doom for your (gasps) beloved companion. Doom. And and yes, Noel, doom. Uh, In fact, in 2009, there were enough locals in Southern Italy who noticed braids in their horse's hair that it sparked some media attention in the area. And according to The Guardian, residents grew concerned as more and more of their horses began popping up with elaborate braids in their manes, especially after a full moon. I would just like to think that it was like some some local 10-year-old girl who was watching all of these YouTube videos on how to like French braid and didn't have anyone to practice on. So she walked over to... uh, local farms and was like great i'll practice yeah here. that's what that's what you want it to be um because poli- <laughs> elaborate braids elaborate braids not yeah. just like a little guy elaborate we're yeah. talking like getting winter formal type updos khaleesi <laughs> braids yeah we're getting khaleesi yeah. braids up yeah, in here. straight up um the police who initially thought it was thieves who were trying to mark horses that they wanted to steal um, eventually actually stumbled into the idea of not magic, magic with a K, um, which is what they eventually attributed this entire debacle to. Like the police were like, oh, it's not magic. Um, in fact, from the article, police chief Tim Poole, who investigated the incident, said- Tim Poole? Tim Poole. That's an unfortunate name. How does he spell it? T-I-M-P-O-O-L-E. Oh, thank God. There's an E. Um, he said, quote, we have some very good information from a warlock that oh. this is part of a magic ritual and it is to do with not magic. Um, further on in the article, it says that it would appear that for people of this belief, not magic is used when they want to cast a spell. Some of the gods they worship have a strong connection to horses. So if they have a particular request, plating this knot in a horse's mane lends strength to the request. Um, so in that this, is interesting. Isn't that, that, cr- is, isn't that fun? That is so fun. I, I love that they spoke to. I, I love that they spoke to a local warlock, and he was like, "Guess what, you guys have figured it yeah. out." Isn't that? I know. I love that. Um, so in this case, the horses were okay, but with when the Janara was involved, that wasn't always the case. Um, often, the braided sign of her presence often meant that the mare exhausted by the long ride and unable to bear the immense effort would eventually die of fatigue. Um, Obviously concerned for the health of their horses, the locals would take to placing a sack of salt or a broom in front of the doors of the stables, believing that the Janara couldn't resist the temptation to count the grains of salt or the strings of the broom. (laughs) They're sat here like, Oh, I got to get it. I got to count. Yeah. But Again, now we're starting to get into some of the similarities where you put salt 
around entrances to protect yourself from demonic entities entering your home. That's something that's still practiced to this day. My mom used to do it. Um, or brooms, again, within like witchcraft symbolism pop but up this, in these different regions. This is just so fun. And I mean, I guess maybe that's why like they're like demonic light because mm-hmm. there's the putting a salt perimeter around an area to make it a sacred safe space um like a threshold unable to be passed by anything evil and um whatever whereas they're just putting the salt out because the genara have ocd and have to count every single individual piece of salt as someone whose obsessions revolve grain of or salt, someone's obsessions say. compel them to count. Mm-hmm. You were late. Done. I'd be yeah, it'd be over for you. Um, and it was <laughs> it was believed that they would be so consumed by their counting yeah, that the sun would eventually come up and they'd have to leave. Like they don't do well. They have no power in the sunlight um, because they're children of the moon. So according to tradition, though, this is fun. Um, owners who stayed up late could watch their salt and brooms and wait for the Janara to come. And while she was in the middle of her ritualistic counting, they could catch her by grabbing her hair. And it was thought that if you caught a Janara this way, she would be so desperate for freedom that she would offer to guard her captors and their... Um, their children, their children's children for seven generations, so long as they let her go. This is so interesting because um, I feel like this is how we could also catch you if we just put <laughs> enough salt grains out for you to count and grab you by your hair while you're in the middle of obsessively counting them. And then we ask you to guard our our homes and our the next seven generations, you would. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm making promises left and right. I'm about mm-hmm. to go on Farmer's Mingle. You. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah you getting it. Um, but I, I don't know. I love, like, the... the That was the biggest breath into the microphone ever known <laughs> so to man. I love the persistence of, like, folk magic that still carries on to this day and we have no idea why but then you get into this stuff and you're like is that why salt in the doorway like yeah it's fun it's interesting because it's like i can't really say if it's a uh synchronicity or an evolution Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah if it's either like no everywhere around the world around the same time people were using salt as a form of protection against evil or if this is one of the sources in which it started from and like telephone it has evolved and now it's no longer like witches count grains of salt and that's why they don't come in not because they're like afraid or there is some sort of power within a salt perimeter that they cannot pass it is that they are too busy being obsessed with counting how many grains of salt are around (laughs) them that's just way more fun and less devilish but um it's interesting to like think about like where where it all came from I yeah, and I know that um, this is actually part one of a two-part series in which you will get into some of this other stuff. But it's going to be interesting if you happen to stumble across any of the explanations or evolutions of some of these practices. Yeah, I'm excited to see um, 
what we can, what conclusions we can draw, because I definitely want to focus on more of like the folklore and ritual. Um, now that we're going to like get the history base down. So yeah. it's going to be fun. And I had to pick and choose. There was so much stuff that went back to like the 40 AD in that region. And I'm like, I cannot go back that far. Yeah. We, we don't can't. have the time. So uh, maybe someday in the future. But instead, we're going to bounce over to the witches of Valcomonica. Um, this region has a pretty complex religious history. And I think this also lends to how pagan and folk magic got so popular in Italy. Um, because this region in particular was not fully converted to Christianity until the 5th century. But even by the 8th century, the area was still practicing paganism. This was because mm -hmm. the Romans were pretty notorious with letting like conquering a region and then being like, whatever, just pay taxes. Yeah. So I think it was able to take root in some of the more forgotten parts um, where obviously like later on Christianity came in full pendulum and just wiped it out. I also think that these are the types of regions where we get that fun blend of um, attempted modern day Christianity and old folk pagan traditions yeah. which is my favorite yeah especially because like it they have to persist because they aren't just dying so they evolve into different ways and it's um something that we've been talking about a lot lately how appalachian magic uses the bible um to like cast spells and stuff so mm -hmm. it'd be interesting um i can't wait to hear what you have to say about it next time but um so in this region in particular um, in 1498, that's when stern laws were issued against all devilish heresy. And in 1499, um, the area was seen as not, as not like revoking devilish heresy. And um, the church believed that black masses were overtaking the entire region. Oh, typical church shit. Someone uh -huh. was just playing their music a little too loud and moving those hips a little too quick. And the church was like, ah! Shakira, yeah, Shakira was in the area. She wasn't lying. And, they called, yes. um, um, and the reason why it got the attention of the church was because at the very center of it uh, was a group of witches who were said to have lived in the valley of the Lombardy region of northern Italy. Um, the history of these witches is shrouded in mystery and legend, but it is believed that they were active in the region primarily during the Middle Ages. They were known for their expertise in herbalism, divination, and spellcasting, and were feared and respected by the people of the valley, very similar to the um, Benendanti. So, according to legend, the witches of Valcamonica were originally a group of women who were ostracized for the from the local community due to their nonconformity and independent ways. Oh, some cool girls. Yeah, not really that cool. It was like women who had never married. <laughs> ah, cool girl. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. or like widows, you know what I mean, who didn't remarry. Uh, it Again, wasn't like cool girl. Yeah. Um, so they, they were groovy of their time, if you think about it. They were, yeah. They were just they were non problematic women who made their way in the world, uh, and it pissed off a lot of people. Um, so they turned to the practice of witchcraft as a means of survival, um, but their witchcraft was mostly using their knowledge of plants and natural remedies to heal the sick and injured, and they also casted spells for protection and good luck. 
Over time, their reputation grew, and they became known as powerful and influential members in the local community. In fact, they are one of um, the more popular shamanistic practices that we can Mm -hmm. locate in that area. Um, They were said to gather in secret places, such as ancient stone circles and sacred groves that are scattered throughout the valley, where they would perform their rituals and cast spells, invoking the spirits of the land and elements to aid them in their magic. They were said to have a deep connection with the natural world and the spirits that dwelled within it, and were known to have, for their ability to communicate with animals and the spirits of the dead. As we- Isn't it so sad to think that, like, basically cool Snow White, who also would, like, brew a tea to help you with your sinus infection and talk to animals, was, like, bastardized by the church and shunned? Dude, imagine someone coming after your grandma for just giving you Vicks vapor rub. That's really what it is. Yeah. Like oh, typical. Just like, oh, you don't feel good? Like a spoonful of peanut butter will cure your hiccups. It's like the most unproblematic yeah. form of magic ever. Yeah. Um But as we often see in history and even right now, if we're being honest, True. um anytime any group on the fringes of society begin to have power, in comes the man to take them down a notch or two. And such is the case of these women. Again, enter the church and their witchcraft trials. Um, These trials began in the late 16th century at a time when the Catholic church was actively pressuring or pursuing a campaign against witchcraft throughout Europe. Again, this is when they were kind of taking out the Ben and Dottie as well. Um, They were spurred on by the actions of a local priest, Father Giovanni Battista de Breda, who began denouncing supposed witch witches in the region to the authorities. Oh, so a rat. Father uh-huh. rat. Yeah. Uh, I bet, like, one woman didn't give in to his romantic advances, and that's probably, like, what caused him to be so bitter. Oh, I can. I would bet all the money in the world. Um, and this led to a wave of accusations and arrests, with the accused being subjected to harsh interrogation methods in an attempt to extract confessions. They were accused of practicing black magic and consorting with demons and were often the target of persecution and violence. Many of them were forced to flee the valley or face imprisonment and execution. Isn't it just so interesting? Like, when we think of black magic now, I think a lot of us almost get like the satanic panic imagery where it's like, Heavy metal, gore, blood, sacrificing babies and virgins. I, yeah, I just get anything up. devilish. Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, black magic back then was, like, cutting up a potato and wrapping it around your foot to help you f- cure your flu. Yeah, that was, like, or, like, using, like, mint in your tea to clear mm-hmm. a sinus infection. Yeah, it's it's just so wild. Yeah, it, it was and very much the same that, thing like, of drinking tea. Was- no, literally. And then even to think of, like, and it was that shit that made them come up with some of the most truly demonic things ever to exist in the form of the ways that they tortured people. There are entire museums in Italy that are torture museums for what Mm -hmm. they did to these women. Yeah. It's just like, wow. It is horrifying. And also, we know that they went through so much, like, sexual torture. Mm -hmm. Um barbaric yeah Yeah, it's there if there's one thing that we can always find with religious persecution persecution it's hypocrisy 
because they sit here and they say, we're doing these things because you are of the devil, cohorting with the devil, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then they are, whether you believe in the devil or not, they are creating what you could describe as true hellish horrors yeah. in reality. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting. There's and by interesting, I mean horrific. Yeah. <laughs> the evil resides within the people trying to uh, always. Yeah. So just many, like today. <laughs> weird. Um, so many of those accused of witchcraft were women who, like we said, were already marginalized within society, such as being widows or beggars. Um, in the trials, they were accused of causing illness or death through the use of spells and charms, as well as engaging in sexual acts with the devil. Um, some of the accused were also said to have flown through the air on broomsticks or other objects. They wish. Oh, that would be so fun. Could you imagine? To just fly around on a broom. I would Harry Potter my ass, like, left and right. I would, like, fly on my broom to, like, go turn the light off. Yeah, I, I wouldn't would... walk anywhere. No, I wouldn't walk anywhere. Also, there's no way that brooms could have survived into the modern age because the oil companies wouldn't allow it. Yeah, they would have found a way somehow. Um, so these trials were particularly tragic and brutal. Um, the first trial occurred between 1505 and 1510. Um, and in 1505, seven women and one man were burned at the stake in Senmo Val Camonica. Man, sometimes these Italian words just like get me, even though they're like not particularly that hard. I just know that I don't know them. It's just a lot of vowels sometimes. It's just, yeah, it's just like a lot of words from my tiny little villainous mouth. Um, yeah. In 1510, witches were burned, um, and they were accused of causing droughts by magic. Could you imagine being blamed for the fucking weather? Insane. Dude, it's a classic. It's a classic. Um, 60 women and men confessed to having injured people, animals, and land with their spells and caused fires with the help of Satan. All confession through torture, of course. Some um, people would say that this this is what causes the fires in California every year as well. Yeah, our governor like made us all pray for rain last year, remember? That was like he what he tweeted. <laughs> he literally did. I'm like, he I'll throw out did. like a good vibe college vibe but like you got to stop polluting the environment and like yeah you got to stop, stop taking fracking our, at least yeah stop fracking stop taking our reserve water shelves and using them for private corporations um, yeah maybe give that water to the people but yeah, yeah. never forget never <laughs> fucking forget interesting utah politics um so the second trial occurred between 1518 and 1521 where another group of 60 women and men were burned at the stake in July of 1518. And they were accused of causing thunder and lightning storms by religious authorities in the area. God, you can't, you can't win, can you? Droughts and then rain. Like, yeah. blip, blip. <laughs> it's just upset. Pick um, one. They, yeah, they got a fistful of anger and they have two hands. Um, <laughs> according to Atlas Obscura, the witch trials did not even begin to slow down after they killed hundreds of people. Um, in fact, all that happened was they brought in reinforcements. So the Pope had to call in um, 
So on February 15th, 1520, Pope Leo X petitioned for help from bishops of Veneti to assist with these trials and specifically stated that, quote, in Valca Monica, people of this damn sort particularly flourish. Oh my God. Um, and no one was safe from these accusations. So again, according to Atlas Obscura, even established families like the Federici's face prosecution. And to this day, a plaque sits on a tower called the Torre Federici or Torre della Familia Federici, which now commemorates the violent incidents that took place in this region. The tower is about 60 feet tall and it reads, in memory of Federici of Sonicho, accused of heresy and the victims burned at the stake for witchcraft in the 16th century in Valcamonica. Even at the time, people were like, this is madness. You're killing everybody. Mm -hmm. um, a tiny little region. Could you imagine like people coming in, killing everybody who was a woman who wasn't married and yeah. didn't make very much money. They wiped them out. Um, it seems to, it's just like par on course for the fucking church though. Like yeah. if th this is what they love to do, like they love to find any excuse that they can tie into whatever bullshit thread to go after the the like non-populace like yeah. whether it's women people of color the disabled poor whatever they are the non-majority they will always find a way to go after yeah. them and just fully eradicate them but use yeah. it hide under the guise of religion and um it's just like a tale as old as time. Yeah. If you do not need me, I will destroy you. Exactly. Um, these trials do ultimately reflect the widespread fear and paranoia surrounding witchcraft during this period, as well as the vulnerability of certain groups within society. The trials have also been seen as a means of exerting control over the population by authorities, duh, who used accusations of witchcraft as a tool of repression and social control. Some historians also believe that it was the allowance of pagan rituals to exist for so long that the church had to come down with an iron fist to flush these people out once and for all, or at the very least, force them even further into the fringes of society. Mm -hmm. Despite the dark history of witchcraft trials in Italy, there has been a renewed interest in the practice in recent times. This is partly due to the growing popularity of neo-paganism and Wicca in Italy and other parts of the world. And Italy boasts rich folklore that rivals even that of the Appalachian region. And many Italian witches practice traditional forms of witchcraft that have been t passed down through generations. I also think that a resurgence of the like kind of folklore, folk magic, folk religion, if you will, mm -hmm. um, whether you want to call it paganism, neo-paganism -pagan or Wicca, it, when you look at these um, areas that are have been supremely dominated by religion and specifically Catholics um, and specifically like the stronghold of the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. And you have nothing but evidence, trials, testimony coming out against the Catholic church about all of their atrocities that they have committed in the past and are committing currently mm -hmm. where the Catholic church is no longer synonymous with the house of God and more synonymous with the house of pedophilia. Yeah. And when you have that happening in your actual backyard, as they are in Italy, I think a lot of them 
and especially a lot of the younger generations are like, I've got to find something. I've got to turn to something like who, if you want to look at like, if this religion has always been peace and love wrong and doing wrong things and has the rich history of hurting and harming the innocent, who were they persecuting? And like, go back and finding that and finding these essentially like initial religions, these initial groups and beliefs and learning about that, giving it life again. Um, I, I think it has a lot to do with that as well. Just not feeling the constricting grip of the Catholic church or feeling empowered to say, fuck you because of all the, nasty shit that's come out about them and feeling empowered and protected to um, dig into the ancestral roots that you have. Absolutely. Um, As someone who has a skewed organized religion, I'm now free to find like adapt my beliefs through ancestral discovery. You know what I mean? And it's um, that's exactly what's happening right now, especially in Italy. Um, because a lot of these groups that are coming back out and practicing witchcraft tend to be politically oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, they advocate for women's rights. They advocate for social justice. And they are recognizing the history of persecution within their area. Um, Florence, for example, has a museum dedicated to witchcraft and the occult, which shows artifacts and documents related to like what they did to people in their history. Um, and I feel like that's something that we're, is like you said, like this is in your own backyard. And if you're consistently marginalized, like you have to adapt to something and humans by nature have always attributed things that they don't understand to either magic or religion. And it's just the way that we're wired. Um, whether you read astrology or whether you look for synchronicities or whether you look for like angel numbers, like every brain is hardwired that way. And to mm-hmm. see women in particular, like, take on this like ancestral sword and like re-up the battle um is fascinating and i love i love to see it oh i love to see it as well and i think especially for people like you or people who want to um blend together or braid together if you will um their modern day christian beliefs with um like ancestral folklore essentially you have a perfect blend with like the the Ben and Donnie, like yeah. you have this um, righteous uh, ritual, if you will. Yeah. Um, and when you really like break it down at its core, religion has its own ritual as well. You just say it's in the name of God. Um, yeah. And, and so it's like vice versa. So whether you are dressing up to go to a, specific building dedicated to the type of worship you perform on a specific day of the week, or you are um, stabbing at a bowl of water and olive oil to vanquish bad energy. They are essentially two sides of the same coin. Absolutely. And they all probably adapted from the exact same thing. So that's the truth of it all. Um, but yeah, the folklore in conclusion, the folklore of Italy um, lives on to this day, of which we will pick back up on in two weeks' time because I will not be here next week. Um, I hope that you get uh, more insight into this. I would love to go to that museum. 
Uh, I know that our days are packed uh, to the brim, but I will do my very best to try to dip my toe into some of the folk magic there. Um, well, I mean, at least uh, see see what you can see, right? Because, yeah. like, I was showing you the cornicello, which is a um, like a horn. Um, and you see it on necklaces, bracelets. Sometimes people have them in their cars. Sometimes people have them, um, like in the doorway and it's supposed to be a protector of like, I don't know, protector against like the evil eye or bad things happening to you. Um, and just strength overall. Mm -hmm. Um, they also have the to me, it looks like, I, I forget the name of it, but it looks like uh, the rock on hand, but it's upside down. Yeah. And apparently that's another way to like banish bad things from happening to you. Of course, um, they also are big fans of the evil eye protection. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just, I'm curious to see if you even see that around, like if you see that in areas. I'm looking for it all. I googled the horn necklace. There are shops that sell it, but I'm going to need to go to the Walmart of shops that sell it. Because uh, the one that I found, it's like 250 euros. And I was like, nope, yeah. nope. sorry, Noel. No, I will no, make you one out of clay if I have to. Yeah, don't um, make me uh, like a, a one from actual gold <laughs> yeah they're literally they are gold uh so i'm going to look for them i i'm going to try my hardest uh to educate myself too about the region which is why this was fun to do it because i'm going to be in the heart of it like all this stuff happened in like florence yeah um, that tower is in florence and that's what i will be looking for it'd be cool to see that little dedication to them um i will try to capture content maybe we can splash it up on patreon um so that there's at least something yeah, take take pictures um, if you see anything. So, mm -hmm. so. even the um, the like essentially talismans created of like dried peppers are the another thing. Like he, mm -hmm. I used to just think they were a part of the decor of an olive garden, but they also come from Italian folk magic and a way to protect yourself. I have like a little book of like Italian phrases. I think I'm going to write some of the stuff in there of like what I'm looking for. That's like, so I can point it to people like, do you have this object or do you know where um, I could like look for stuff like this? I think if I put my best foot forward, I won't come off like an asshole. Yeah. Um, but I don't know because I know that nobody likes us. Yeah. Just say you're Canadian or something. I will never fucking do that. I will say I'm from the Dominican Republic. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Or maybe Cuba. I will never claim <laughs> Canada. Okay, yeah. Just say you're anything but American. Yeah. And you'll have a good time. Yeah. I'll say, like, I'm a very uh, tired British person. Mm. Yeah. No, they'll be able to tell. They would be able. It's too close. I'll say I'm from the close. Dominican Republic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but excited for you to go to Italy, excited for us to learn more about Italian folklore, excited for you to come back with some boots on the ground feedback. Um, so, yeah, uh, speaking of boots on the ground, completely unrelated, um, 
you can get your boots in our ground by going to the link tree in any of our bios. We are at Go to Hell Podcast. I am at Noelle Fane. That is at Sithlard. In that link tree, you can find a link to our Patreon. A dollar gets you in. A new episodes every week. It's a great time. You sign an NDA. Don't fucking say anything you hear on there, okay? Snitches get stitches. I swear. We'll f- we'll know if it's you because like you're the only people who know. So like we'll yeah. know. Like we have we'll, a list. We will literally know it's you. So keep your fucking mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Um. You can also find a link to our merch, all always donated. Of course, we still have the um, the drag T-shirt. 100% of those proceeds are donated to Drag Story Hour. Um, so check that out. Did we ever find out who wore the shirt? No, they never oh, reached well, out. Please, if that was you, again, now's your time to come forward. Or don't, but I think you should. I think you should tell us. Because I would love to, I would love, honestly, we might give you something for free. It could just be somebody who supports the message from like Facebook, but doesn't listen to podcast. Well, I don't want to hear that. So I know that they, <laughs> fair. Listen, I know that they listen to podcasts. So let fair, us know. Fair, fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, in that link tree, you can also find Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl on Etsy's page. She makes cool merch for us. And she also makes cool merch in general. And also specifically for like the state of Michigan to go check it out. It's really cool. She's amazing. She's great. We also have a link to our discord server, our Facebook group for the boomers. And I don't know why you'd need it, but places to listen to us. So that's everything you can find there, girl. Um, Um, now more than ever, um, mostly because, um, Chelsea is about to get on a long flight that she is nervous on about, and also because, um, of what we just talked about and how exciting it is to dive into the fun parts of culture. Um, I would like to give a hail Satan. No, so I'm going to say hail baby Jesus because I am so fucking terrified of getting on this <laughs> fucking airplane that I'm not even going to be sarcastic and facetious. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should. Why don't you go find some saints, right? Yeah, I have a St. Christopher, actually, who's the patron saint of travel. So <laughs> I'm like, here. nom, 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 This nom, is, nom, this nom, is nom. what I'm going to, this is, um, as just someone who's going off of straight statistics, Okay. I don't even want to, I can't even talk about it, dude. I haven't been sleeping. I haven't been sleeping. Like I've maybe gotten three hours of sleep. And then today, like you at our work, at our place of employment, we have meetings with our bosses once a week. Mm-hmm. I I know that I talk a big game about not complaining about my personal life to my boss, but all I did was fucking complain about going on the airplane and I'm tapped out. Yeah, I bet no work. one can relate to it too. That's the fun part. It's like you're every we work in like the travel industry. So like everyone is like, oh my God, you're going to Italy. Like no one even cares to no, hear like your fucked. anxiety about the plane. But all I'm saying is that statistically, if you're gonna pray to someone, I wouldn't pray to Jesus because like people do it all the time and shit be happening. If you know what I'm saying. No, I'm that's sure my guy. Sure. That's my so home. You got it. Just I, that's why I say go to the saint, right? Maybe he's got better stats because as far as I'm concerned, stats only, the guy that you're betting on, you're gonna lose. No, I'm betting. You got it, you got it. You're being like way too negative and it's making my anxiety go through the fucking roof. I'm all in. I'm fucking all in. Yeah, I'm get all in on baby saint. Jay. You gotta get your, get your little saint out. You got some crystals in your pocket. 
Yeah, I'll call in the ancestral magic. Made my mom put me in a cocoon and made mm-hmm. my sister fucking scissor kick any bad energy away from yeah, me. Yeah, there you Just go. Gah, 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 gah. Yeah. Uh, that's, right, it. that's it. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Also, the other crystal in your pocket is going to be Kalanakin. Oh, yeah, you're going to be okay. <laughs> so, what a that's, perfect blend of religion and science. Yeah. Valium, baby Jesus, and St. Christopher. There you Ooh. go. That'll do it. The, the that's triarchy, the, the Triforce. <laughs> that's the real Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Yeah, so I look forward to getting no fucking sleep again um, and just being terrified for nonstop. You, I yeah. have a very strong feeling that med- the medicine will keep your brain subdued. Fingers crossed. I bought that ostrich cocoon where I blow it up and it just encases me mm-hmm. in a private little dome uh, so that I can shut out all outside forces and influences. Hopefully I can just stay in there for like the 11 hours I'm going to be just yeah. distraught. Just remember, you're in a bowl of jello. Yeah. That's what they say, right? Think about I'm- that. I'm literally in a bowl of jello, this skeleton and all my candy I've been eating lately out of stress and just Taco yeah. Bell because we're not buying groceries this week. So we're just eating like nonsense. So good for you, honestly. <laughs> Treat yourself to a little Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, Thank you, Taco Bell. Man, it's going to be yeah. hard having to eat all this Tuscan cuisine and not um, having what I really want, which is a spicy potato soft taco. You know more. You know that there's probably a fucking Taco Bell right, right. Like, you've seen, there, isn't it in fucking Egypt where, like, right in the view of the pyramids is, like, a fucking KFC? Like, like I'm, oh, like, I genuinely thought, I said, I googled, are there Taco Bells in Florence? And there is one, but it's fucking Florence, Arizona. Get out (laughs) of my face! Are there Taco Bells in Florence, Italy? I'm telling you, like, it's, yeah, it's literally a KFC. I knew it. God, sometimes my brain is gorgeous. Look at this. There's, it's a KFC. Oh, that's in Egypt, though. I'm looking for Florence. I know, but I'm saying, like, if they're willing to do this, there's a Taco Bell in Italy, is all I'm saying. There isn't. Yes, there is. Damn it. Is there a Taco Bell? Is there a Taco Bell in Rome? <laughs> Look at There's a bunch in Italy right now. I'm looking at them. I can't in find In Rome, it. though. Are um, you sure you're looking in Florence? Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, the, they're not actual Taco Bells, though. It's like Pico's Taqueria. There's not one in Florence. There is an actual Taco Bell, though, in um, over in Venice. I'm I am so far away from Venice. You have no so, idea. And your, then ge- just, your American geography is flexing hard. Well, no, I'm just saying, like in general, like in Italy, there's going to be one at the top of the boot near Venice, and at the bottom of the boot near Sorrento. And those okay. are your only Taco Bells. And Wait, those are I'm actual googling Taco Bell establishments. Okay, well, I'm going to Google how far away Florence. I hope people are just losing their minds right now with how disrespectful we're being. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Now I'm curious. Like. The city of so, Rome, the city of Cantalini, there's a okay. bunch of Taco Bells. So, I just did Taco Bell in Italy and they popped up. From Florence to uh, Venice, it's about 
two hours and 24 minutes, honestly worth the trip. What oh, was the other yeah. one? Sorrento? Yeah, S-O-R-R-E-N-T-O. Hmm. That one's uh, about four hours. And oh, so yeah, just go up the boot. You know what I mean? Go up the boot. I'm just going to do Taco Bell, Italy to Florence. That's what I did. Oh, no. For some reason, it's routing me from Taco Bell, Italy, <laughs> Texas to Florence. <laughs> and it says we cannot calculate that. So, um, If you technically want the true city, it's... V-I-C-E-N-Z-A. I'm not typing that in. So I did I am going to a comic shop though in Florence, so I'll stay true to my roots. Maybe they'll have Taco Bell there. You never know. I'm gonna ask. Yeah, ask. Uh, they're <laughs> gonna be like, don't. We have this they'll... delicious Florentini. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, get that out of my face. I they're want Taco Bell. Yeah, they're gonna spit on you for sure. Yeah. Well I deserve nothing less, so um we'll see you when you're back we'll enjoy this next week off and and i will be jealous knowing that you're in italy i've given you so many chances to replace me and you took none of them so sorry and you're i'm gonna a little a mad time. at you about it you're gonna have a good time all right well let's get the heck out of here let's get the hell out of here all right bye bye